0: I'm Amy Johnston. And I'm Alan Johnston. And we're so happy that you're joining us for The Last Aisle. This week we'll be covering the 1968 horror classic Night of the Living Dead, directed by the legendary George A. Romero and written by George A. Romero and John A. Russo. Marilyn Eastman and Carl Hardman worked on the makeup. They were uncredited, but they actually played Mr. and Mrs. Cooper in the film, so I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. This movie answers the question, what happens when a randomly approaching drunk person in a cemetery turns out to be a little too bitey? (laughs) I'm so excited to delve into a classic zombie flick. This is the titular film for George A. Romero and one that is an absolute must watch for a horror movie lover. I can't wait to beat the abandoned door down on this one. (laughs) But first, if you'll indulge me, a dramatic reading of The Back of the Box. A simple, peaceful, countryside is being terrorized by killer zombies with only one thing on their minds. Destroy all humans. A small stronghold of survivors must hold the zombies at bay outside an old abandoned house for any future hope of humanity. Filled with spine-tingling, edge-of-your-seat suspense, Night of the Living Dead is a masterpiece of thrills and horror that will leave you afraid to turn out the lights. So, Alan, what do you remember about watching Night of the
1: Living Dead? Um, I don't remember the first time I watched it. Um, I'm pretty sure I was an adult, like a young adult when I watched it. Because, you know, when I was was younger, A, I wasn't into horror. And B, I definitely wasn't into old movies. Because you're like, oh, it's black and white. I don't watch (laughs) a black and white movie. Yeah. Um, So I'm pretty sure I was in, like, my 20s, maybe. Um, But a specific memory I have of watching the movie is you and I on Easter Sunday morning at mom and dad's house (laughs) like randomly flipping channels while we were waiting to eat or whatever and Night of the Living Dead was on and I was like well it's a resurrection story so like (laughs) let's go ahead and so on Zombie Jesus Day we watched Night of the Living Dead (laughs) at mom and dad's house and I think we even told mom about it and she was like you guys are warped and so
0: you know thanks mom For me, I first watched this movie in college. It was I was branching out from typical horror, horror available at the time, and I was diving into movies that others were recommending. This was on my radar for a long time, and this did change a lot about a, what I thought I knew about what horror should be. Like, mm. this definitely did broaden my horizons quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, before the zombie apocalypse hits and they come to get us, Barbara, let's jump in. Here at The Last Isle, we want to remain mindful of sensitive topics, so we are offering a content warning for the following episode. The following movie analysis will include discussions about violence against people of color and women, as well as references to the Civil Rights Act of 1968. Enjoy the rest of the episode, and thank you, listeners and lurkers. Caution. Spoilers ahead a long rural back highway, anywhere USA. It's 8 p.m., but it's still daylight. A young man and woman drive a 1967 Pontiac Le Mans inside a cemetery. Inside the car, Johnny, played by Russell Strainer, and Barbara, played by Judith O'Day, talk about just making it up before dark. Barbara muses that it's eight, but it's still daylight outside, but Johnny complains that they won't be getting back before midnight. Barbara scolds Johnny for getting a late start, and Johnny complains further about the plot arrangement and the cross that says "We remember," commenting that he doesn't remember what, he doesn't even remember what he looks like. We discover here that Johnny and Barbara are siblings and that mother can't make the long drive up anymore, so brother and sister make their way once a year to pay respects. On the radio, the announcer comes back on to say that they had lost they had technical difficulties for a while but they're back on the air now Uh, Johnny starts to say something to Barbara but second guesses it and then turns the radio off and exits the car Barbara and Johnny walk through the cemetery and locate the plot of their father in the cemetery Johnny stands disinterested and tries to urge Barbara to hurry up he suggests she save the praying for church, huh? <laughs> Barbara kneels by the plot, and Johnny muses that Barbara used to be so scared of that cemetery and tells a story of him once scaring her so bad that Grandpa got really mad. It's great sibling <laughs> interaction. I mean, typical, like,
1: brother pissing a sister off. I like it.
0: Yeah. Barbara tells Johnny to stop it, but Johnny pokes at his sister, putting on a creepy monster movie voice, and declares, They're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, God. Of all the iconic lines and all of the iconic
1: horror movies in the world, this is just one of my favorites. It gets sure sampled all the time. Oh, God, like it's, it's just, so good. They're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> it's
0: so good. Yeah, Johnny clings to headstones dramatically, putting on his scary voice because he has no respect for the dead. <laughs> or his Bar- sister. Or his sister. Barbara is unamused by her brother's antics and tells him it's not funny and to stop man johnny's a dick but barbara seems to scare really easily mm-hmm. i hope nothing scary ever happens to her she might unravel
1: <laughs> nah she's pretty solid-minded i'm sure she's got a good head on her shoulders yeah, she'll be I'm just sure, fine sure she'll
0: get through this no she problem be just fine johnny notices a seemingly drunk man shambling towards them and warns barbara that there's one now coming for her barbara tells johnny to hush and that the man will hear him Shambling man, played by S. William Hensman, suddenly lunges for Barbara and tears at her, and sending sending her into frantic screams for help. Johnny rushes over and frees Barb from the dead-eyed man, but he turns to attack Johnny, and Barbara runs away before we find out if Johnny ma- made it. Like fuck you, brother! By ye, <laughs> no. So it was so funny because
1: you know the zombie like goes after Barbara and whatever because Johnny's like hey, I'm gonna make you walk close to that guy he's drunk and it's funny right and then you see him after the guy attacks her he's like oh shit that was a bad move and like runs back in yeah and yeah like the zombie like shoves him down and he hits uh, Johnny hits his head against a headstone
0: yeah and like he is either pissed out or dead we're not sure if you don't really see because Barbara's like peace I'm gone peace later uh, talk to you later late's Running through the cemetery, Barbara is chased by a lumbering ghoul and falls to the ground. She doesn't trip or anything. She just falls. She kicks her shoes off and runs to the car and quickly locks herself inside. She races to try to start the car until Shambling Man breaks the window with a rock that he has found like somewhere outside so, the car. So one thing I
1: noticed here, so first thing to mention is that this wasn't the very first, like movie that showed zombies ever like there were some earlier ones but this is kind of the first movie that created the quote cinematic zombie that we see in many many zombie movies the romero zombie yeah which they're known for being slow Mm -hmm. they're known for being stupid basically Mm -hmm. um but okay so first of all shambling man is actually kind of fast once yeah. Barbara gets away from him and he's coming back towards the car he's he pretty like running quick yeah not like full speed like rage virus running but like no. pretty quick
0: Um, and he's using a tool to break the window yeah, that's another thing that I noticed and that comes up later yeah. again and again they use tools they break things right. with right and so it's just
1: funny to me that people always point back to like oh no zombies can't use tools and zombies can't do this and can't do that and no. I'm like in the very first movie the Reno's night of the living dead with romero zombies in it they are kind of running a little and they are you know so it was just very interesting yeah they
0: are able to turn doorknobs and whatnot yeah so So barbara takes off the parking brake um, she screams and tries to to like coast away, drive away. Yeah. The shambling the shambling man is still attempting to hang on. Barbara quickly makes it down the road and crashes the car. <laughs> so we have no idea why she doesn't know how to drive, but it's the '60s and she's a woman.
1: So. <laughs> so. That car belonged to Russell Steiner's mom. Russell Steiner is the actor that played Johnny. I had
0: to look up the car because I think it's a really cool car. Okay. So
1: the car actually belonged, like I said, to his mom. But what happened was while I guess they were waiting to shoot scenes that used the car, yeah. someone... Apparently, like tried to break into it or vandalize the car and made that big dent in the side oh <laughs> so when she hits the tree and you see the dent that was already there they had to rewrite the script around that dent being there and be like uh I don't know I guess Judith O'Day Barbara like go die. hit hit a tree because we have to explain why that dent is suddenly in the car That makes and sense. and I also assume that Russell Steiner's uh, mom was kind of pissed off but whatever
0: <laughs> just a guess yeah uh, Barbara runs down the road, panicked. She's at full sprint, and the shambling man runs after her, asking her if she has time to talk about the extended warranty on her vehicle. <laughs> Those fuckers are everywhere. I know. Barbara spots a house through the clearing of the uh, through a clearing of trees, and runs down the road to try to get some help or to find cover. Barbara runs, and Barbara falls, and the shambling ghoul still chases her, and. I think this is a good time for you to make reference of a sketch from Kids in the Hall. Oh, my God. So when
1: she, when you said the part earlier about her throwing the shoes and when I first saw it, all I could think about is the sketch from Kids in the Hall where they make the biggest fun of this movie. Mm-hmm. And you see um, Dave Foley as Barbara or like as the, you know, lead female, whatever, and Running away from these zombies that are just shambling behind him, and like oh, he keeps taking his shoes off and throwing them. It's Kevin McDonald and who's Scott the, like, Thompson, and one's like a crossing <laughs> guard, and the other one's like right. a milkman or something. And they have this little like song, <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> and they just keep. And Dave Foley's uh, just like uh, run and flailing his shoes over and over, like in every cut of the scene, he, he has another pair of shoes, shoes on and he throws <laughs> at them every time. It's so. Hilarious! Yeah, it's it is so, uh, It's the best. Uh, it made this movie more enjoyable just to it know does. that sketch existed. It was so great.
0: So Barbara hides and looks terrified as the totally chill and not fast at all lumbering zombie kind of slow chill stumbles in her general direction. He's just kind of like, make it my way. Um, <laughs> just saying. She probably could have fast walked at best and still be fine.
1: Well, except here's the thing. She would have had a bigger distance between them, except... She's like the queen of throwing herself around. I know. Like every time she goes to peek around a corner, she isn't just like slow peek, she like throws her head I out know. from around the corner and like throws her head behind a gas pump and like thro- <laughs> it's very 1960s dramatic and and I kind of love the shit out of it.
0: Yeah. She sees uh, she heads up to the house and she finally makes her way in. She Tries to knock on. She again, like she, yeah, she leans against a, a gas pump, mm-hmm. and then she falls again and yeah. jumps up and runs around the corner, makes her way into, like I think the and through the kitchen of yeah. this house. So she enters through the kitchen, walks through the dining and living room. The house looks lived in, but no one appears to be there. Entering the next uh, room, the music goes ba 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 as Barbara <laughs> displays shock and fear. We get an unnecessary focus zoom on dead animal heads mounted on the wall. It actually makes me laugh every time I see it because I'm like, (laughs) why? Why? Well, I mean, I guess, I don't know. She's terrified of the carnage. I thought thought this this. was Night
1: of the Living Dead, not Psycho. Like, what's with all the taxidermied animals? I
0: don't know. Um, Barbara checks the window and sees the poor, lonely, lonely shamble zombie still wandering outside. Barbara checks the phone and realizes there's no service. She checks the window again, and it is now dark outside, and Shamble Man is no longer lonely. He found Shamble zombie buddies. Aw, yay! Uh, he made a friend. (laughs) Barbara doesn't appreciate the nuances of zombie friendship, however, and she recoils in horror and flees from the window. Barbara slowly climbs up the stairs and discovers a really gross dead human with, like, not much face left. No. She screams and runs and falls against the stairs, and she busts out the front door and is blinded by some asshole's high beams. Oh, a guy! (laughs) A man approaches the door, but isn't a zombie. Ben, played by Dwayne Jones, swiftly pulls Barbara back inside and begins to make work of checking around the house. Ben tells Barbara not to worry about the guy outside, that he can handle them. He then mentions that the truck he was driving is out of gas, and he noticed there was a pump outside and then asked Barbara if there's a key. Barbara doesn't respond, but does manage to hug herself and not say words. As soon as Ben shows up, she goes like
1: full 1960s useless female. She's completely like nonverbal she's just like she was doing okay for herself you know we watched her run from the cemetery make it to the house make her way in she grabbed a knife from a drawer like she was checking around and then a guy shows up and she's like thank god i do not have to use my brain anymore i hate it yeah i hate
0: it so ben huffson runs over to check the phone stating he's sure she probably already tried that he continues to sweep the house and finally asks barbara if she lives there she says nothing but looks towards the stairwell. Ben follows her gaze and follows the steps until he finally sees the dead person lying there. He then suggests survival prepping. They have to get out of there and maybe they should find some food. Barbara appears to be unraveling. The dead drippy goo might have done it for me too because she gets <laughs> tripped on by by blood glue goo from like the, the, the upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Ben gathers supplies and Barbara wand, wanders and is and asks him what's happening. Ben suggests there'll be a minute, but Barbara demands to know what's happening.
1: Like, he's like, bitch, I don't fucking know, <laughs> I don't know what's
0: happening. I, I just met you. I just got here. Yeah. Outside, some asshole thug zombie breaks the headlight on Bid's truck. What the fuck, bro? There's oh, always... See? see, there's always one. People are kicking it on the lawn, enjoying a shamble, and some fuckwag gets a hold my beer woo about it and breaks some property.
1: <laughs> well, and like what? like I said earlier, first of all, they're using tools, but second of all, like why break a headlight you know we we find out later that there's you know certain things they're frightened of but light isn't one of them I don't think well they're afraid of fire fire right but not light and so like why break whatever it's just destroying property
0: (laughs) Ben tries to get a handle on the two zombies outside are there any more he can handle those but he needs to know if there are any others outside Barbara screams she doesn't know right in right directly in Ben's face and that's and that's fucking rude.
1: <laughs> you don't scream in a stranger's face. You don't scream in a stranger's you face. You shouldn't scream in anyone's face. Right. but
0: I get that she's scared, but stop spitting on this dude. That's clearly trying to help you out right now. <laughs> Barbara is unraveling. Ben lets her throw herself into the, onto the nearby couch and wail dramatically. What's happening? While he tries to deal with well, everything else outside. Headlight zombie breaks the other headlight. Jeez, he does not like lights. Maybe that's important. Whatever. I think he just likes fucking shit up. He's a rebel ghoul. He doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> oh lord. Ben, armed with a tire iron, thwacks shambling guy in the head, and unalives, lives. deads. Un undeads him. He undoes. <laughs> he do, he undoes his undead. <laughs> as the tire, as he tire irons, a ghoul approaches from behind, and then beats him down too. One of the ghouls sneaks in the house as Barbara unravels some more. Not sure which one, but it was probably Headlight Zombie. He already broke property. He probably wants to raid the fridge and blow up the toilet, too. (laughs) Cherry bomb. Ben quickly moves Barbara off the couch before the ghoul can approach and uh, slow dance with Ben. Because it's very, like, he doesn't, it's not a fight. No, it's a... The zombie tries to dance with him. It's a half-assed wrestle. Yeah. Uh, ben undeads him too with a tire iron right to the face. Ben looks out the window to see more undead coming and tells Barbara the zombies know they're there now. Barbara stares at the lonely dancer zombie. Ben demands Barbara not look at it because she's scared and he can see she's unraveling. Mm-hmm. It's like Barbara Hood of the unraveling pants in here. <laughs> Ben moves the zombie body outside on the porch and lights it on fire. The other ghouls back away and gives Ben cover to return inside and continue prepping. He gets more lights on in the house and finds a hammer in a nearby toolbox. He goes through all the drawers and finds some nails. Ben then tells Barbara to look for boards, but she stands there like a 90s Weezer song about a sweater. <laughs> supposed to say because she's unraveling no I thank you thank you for explaining your joke I do appreciate that Ben starts to shout look god damn it but he recalibrates and speaks to Barbara urgently but gently he knows Barbara's scared he's scared too but they have to work together to board up the house he gives her the menial task of gathering wood and she walks away to a bay completely catatonic oh shit we realize Barbara's not the hero of this picture Ben totally is absolutely Ben makes her way to the scary animal headroom to wander over to a music box and play it. So, not at all doing the collecting I of the. Don't cool. think
1: there's lumber in there. I yeah. just call me crazy. Maybe ben, she was looking for matchsticks. She I thought don't that would Ben will
0: handle it. He'll just pull parts of cabinets apart and do all the shit. <laughs> no, listen to your music box, sweetie. Am I coming off too mean? Because is that too harsh? No. Because I'm. No, she's useless.
1: Okay. No, she's 100%. Just. <laughs> I told you, 1960s useless (laughs) female as soon as a man shows up.
0: Ben goes to work hammering the nails into the wood that he's collected. Barbara, oh, no, look at Barbara, who wanders over to the fireplace and manages to pick up a few little sticks to nail us in tight. (laughs) She goes over to Ben to help him hold a door up so he can hammer it against the window to reinforce them. I mean until hammering sounds become too more too much for her and she has to walk away from it because the sounds of the hammering creeper like scare her and she well, walks away.
1: And she didn't when she walked in the room with her little tiny stick pile, she didn't even go to hand them to him. She, she just, just like sets them down. Set them in a corner. She's like, I did what you wanted, I, I can't. I like, brought
0: you this stuff. Yep. I brought you popsicle sticks. For reinforcement. Basically. Ben tells her to try picking up some nails, the biggest she can find. Uh, A while later, Ben comments that the room seems pretty secure and that they can run back and board up the doors if they need to. He mentions that the ghouls are going to be back, but they're afraid now. Ben found out that they're afraid of fire. Barbara again says nothing, but walks around carefully and slowly, the way I imagine a traumatized child might in this scenario. Yeah. You definitely get the impression that she's lived a pretty sheltered life up until this terrible moment in her life. And I get the impression that before this night, she may never have done anything on her own before. Ben asked Barbara if she's ever heard of Beekman's Diner. Ben mentions that that was where he found the truck. There was a radio in the truck and Ben had jumped in to listen to it. He says there was a big tanker truck that came screaming up the road and that 15 or so of those things chasing after it and grabbing it. Ben didn't see them at first, but the truck was moving in a weird way and crashed right through the guardrail, cut off the main road, and crashed into a gas station over by the diner. He says it went right through the billboard, right over a gas pump, and never stopped moving. He could still hear the man screaming, but the ghouls just backed away from it. Ben continues that he tried to see if anyone at the diner could help him, but that when he got there, he noticed the entire place was overrun. No one left to scream. He said he just saw 50 or 60 of them standing there staring at him. He drove right through them, but the zombies wouldn't get out of the way, and they just flew through the air, scattered like bugs. He said he wanted to crush them. This moment has such a beautiful quality of classic cinema that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne Jones delivers a beautifully nuanced and effective performance here it feels so much like a stage play it almost makes me feel like Night of the Living Dead the Broadway musical could absolutely be a thing well he was
1: a theater actor and so you really to me see his like theatrical qualities kind of play out in this monologue yeah for sure
0: next Barbara finally speaks and tells Ben what happened to her but uh, she sucks as a storyteller (laughs) We drove over to the cemetery, Johnny and me. Johnny, oh, fuck your story, Ben. I heard none of it. I'm too broken and upset. Ben is like, oh, this woman sucks. <laughs>
1: the look on his face throughout her telling her quote story yeah. is like, okay, that's great, bitch. I'm going to go ahead and keep nailing these boards, but you go ahead and keep rambling. Nothing that you have to say is important in any way, shape, or form. Johnny
0: asked if we had any candy, and I told him no. I told him we didn't, and johnny and he's like this bitch i swear uh ben continues to gather wood because oh my god shut up woman (laughs) he actually says maybe she could just keep calm barbara gets aka shut up yeah barbara gets clothes tugging hysterical and he grabbed me and he ripped at me and ripped at my clothes and i screamed johnny and bids all like could you just calm it down Like super like, whoa. (laughs) He continues to gather firewood and not make eye contact because I do not blame you, dude. I would not be able to look at her either. Mm -mm. She finishes reliving her trauma. She remembers Johnny got hurt, but they should really go back and get him. She demands that Ben go help her find Johnny. Barbara screams that they must go get Johnny. Then she pleads. Then she yanks at Ben. Ben suggests Johnny is probably dead. That's bro. That's not gonna go over. Show so Barbara screams. Johnny's not dead. She grabs her. Ben grabs her to try to calm her down. She hits him. He hits her. She faints. Oh, thank God.
1: So this scene. Um. First of all, this part of Ben was originally written for. Uh. Ben was originally written to be like a just a truck driver guy. Um, when Dwayne Jones read for the part, they really liked his delivery. They really liked him. They had not written the role for a black man. And you have to remember in 1968, we were at the height of the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is, Ben's basically one of the first black male leads in a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Romero didn't care. He's like, no, Dwayne Jones, perfect for this part, whatever. So when dwayne jones read the script and saw the scene where he had to hit barbara he kind of told george romero like i don't know that this is going to play to audiences right in a good way you know hitting a white woman yeah like it's not and and romero's like nah man like it's gonna be fine don't worry about it and years later romero said you know i really should have listened to him more i don't know that there was a lot of backlash to that scene Mm -hmm. there was really more backlash to the the gore and the horror um but romero said you know i i kind of didn't listen to his perspective and i probably should have Um, I'm not sure when Dwayne Jones passed, but it was kind of before this movie reached the absolute cult classic status that it has now. And, you know, it's a shame that he didn't get to see what this movie became to the genre. Right.
0: So Ben turns on the radio and turns into a radio station that promises to stay on the air day and night. They're pulling their resources through an emergency network to be able to report what the fuck has been going on out there. I added the fuck. (laughs) Uh, stay in your homes, behind locked doors, shelter in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am doing. Am endlessly shelter in place. No problem. What next? Eat snacks? Check. <laughs> <laughs> shelter, eat, cry, pee a little. Yeah. It's all on your list. So apparently, according to the radio that continues to play as been prepares for the next wave of chaos, there is an epidemic of mass murder being committed by, and I quote, a virtual army of unidentified assassins. I love this line. Assassins. They don't um. know any of the reasons for the slayings. They seem to be happening everywhere. The radio continues that they basically don't know what's motivating the kills. They don't know who if anyone is looking into it, and they don't know shit. They don't know shit is fucked and shelter in place. Yep, got it. I will eat snacks and not talk to dead eyed trans people. Got it. Ben quickly makes a torch out of what appears to be a table leg and heads outside to light a chair on a
1: fire. Can we just say shout out to the table leg because that is the weapon that is in my bedroom currently right now. Yes,
0: that is the weapon of That grace. is my home
1: defense weapon and I'm not even exaggerating
0: a little no, bit. It's a table leg that has pegs in it to like metal it's pegs two in Two giant
1: like, I don't know, five inch screws that like stick out of it to screw the table part tabletop to the leg and it, the table was broken and so i just
0: kept the leg that bitch. And is did ha- she walk downstairs one night carrying that table leg because i was doing dishes overnight too late yes, yes i heard did. a noise she heard a noise and she almost can't beat my brain in. i'm just saying shout out the table leg it made me feel safer i'm not really sure of the motivation in here, other than I just heard a bunch of shit on the radio, scared the shit out of me, and I'm not sure what else to do, so I'm going to light this chair on fire. <laughs> I don't know And, either. like, hopefully those fuckers back up. It seems grim, though. Like, I don't really understand why he lights the chair on fire, but the only thing I can imagine is he heard a bunch of crap, he's like, I don't know what to do, and he lights the chair on fire. The ghouls on when the lawn... all else fails, just a yeah. little arson. The ghouls on the uh, lawn fire bad, a la, like, Phil Hartman,
1: a- a wife-
0: away from the fire chair one guy actually yells grah (laughs) ben (laughs) Ben heads back inside he does he goes ah uh ben heads back inside to finish fortifying the house with boards the camera shot lingers on random on a random cellar door i'm sure it won't come back barbara wakes up to uh just as ben is finishing up nailing the house down so i'm glad she's a big help Ben smokes and goes through the closet where he finds a shotgun, achievement unlocked, and a shoebox with shells. Ben heads back to the living room where Barbara quietly listens to the radio. Ben tells her he found a gun and bullets and hands her some shoes for her feet. That's so sweet. (laughs) He loads a gun and tries to make Barbara feel better. Barbara is catatonic. Mm Mm-hmm. Ben's all, I'm not sure if you can hear me. I'm going to go upstairs. I'll be back down to reinforce shit and gang zombies and whatnot. And I'll totally hear them. So no, no need to come get me. And I'll be back late. Mm, bye. I'm you paraphrasing. Just, you just sit there
1: and be <laughs> useless.
0: <laughs> um, he's very sweet to her, actually. He tries to reassure her that he'll come protect her. And we're supposed to love him. And we do. No, like, I, I love him. Yes. The radio tells Barbara that the zombies eat people now, so that's a fun new thing she just learned today. (laughs) The door opens and two guys come up from the cellar, scaring the shit out of Barbara. Uh, Yeah. Where the fuck were you guys? In the cellar door. She comes, um, she screams... Ben comes down to help her and notices the two men, Harry Cooper, played by Carl Hardman, and Tom, played by Keith Wayne. The men realize there's a radio on and head over to tune in. Ben asks how long they've been down there because he could have used the help. Cooper says he thought he could hear screams, but he didn't know what was going on. Ben destroys Cooper's logic with you just said you couldn't hear anything down there and now you said it sounded like the place had been ripped apart because Tom's like I don't know we couldn't really hear but Cooper's like but it sounded like the place was ripped apart and Ben not off to the not off to a great start with Ben who is like seems to be pretty like no bullshit at this point he's just trying to survive no
1: Ben is in like let's handle shit mode and Cooper is like Toxic masculinity personified. If toxic masculinity was a guy, it it's is this, this guy. guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cooper tries to take over as immediate leader and makes everyone and to make everyone go downstairs. Yeah, that's not happening, Bo. Didn't you tune in last week? A basement is the perfect place to throw gasoline down and light everyone <laughs> Thank on fire. You. Thank that's you. like totally th- a thing an Aussie from sort of survivalist group taught me. So. <laughs> She said, no, don't go into the basement. You'll be sitting They'll ducks. They'll just
1: pour gasoline down and light a mat. That's what she said. And right.
0: I listened to Aussies from survivalist groups. <laughs> Tom, I'm with Aaron. Tom tries to see it from both sides. So he's our dip- our diplomatic fence sitter. Cooper is determined to go back down to the cellar. We find out the things, the ghouls, were strong enough to turn over his car. And that his him and his wife and child are downstairs. Oh, yeah. And the kids hurt. Mm, yeah. Side eye. Hard side eye. Horror Movie 101. Someone mentions that they or someone they know has an injury. Nope. Cellar fire idea.
1: Let's <laughs> do the fucking well, look, cellar fire. This was
0: the first zombie movie. They
1: hadn't learned it yet. You know, They hadn't Um. learned that, like, oh, she's injured and we're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Shoot her in the head. They didn't (laughs) learn that yet.
0: So they're still feeling their way around. Right. Having read and watched The Walking Dead since first seeing this movie, I have a renewed appreciation for Ben. Harry and Ben continue to debate cellar versus Upstairs. And I'm torn which one I would feel more comforted by. I mean... I think I would...
1: I'm kind of with Ben I kind of need to see what's happening I don't want to be I mean yeah it may be a little bit quote safer because you have a line of defense between you but
0: you can't see what's coming no I'm kind of with Ben and because that's what it's really all about in the end the illusion of safety they both know they won't be safe forever either place it's really a futile argument Ben and Harry or Cooper, I'll be referring to him as both interchangeably, argue that there will soon be 50 or 60 of them outside, hundreds even, and they'll overrun the house. So he knows that the cellar, having only one entrance in, he can board it up securely and will keep them all safe. Eventually, they both draw the line in the sand for Tom to pick whether he's going with Cooper downstairs or staying with his new leader, Ben. This exchange gives us some insight into the sort of alpha male dilemma all throughout cinema in the nineteen sixties. Mm-hmm. Who will be our battle leader? Mm-hmm. It was super prominent in filmmaking through America with a lot of uh, civil unrest at the time. We'll get a bit into the civil rights nightmare that was going on right about now, but this led into this led to the civil rights act signed in nineteen sixty eight. A movie with a person of color as you said before as the hero was bold and progressive at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I don't uh, claim to be a historian, but for an in-depth and brilliant analysis on the role of people of color within the horror genre, there was an awesome documentary mm. on Shutter called Horror Noir. Oh, it's so good. And I just wanted to take a pause here to bring this in because I would be remiss if I didn't mention the brilliance of Romero literally creating a time capsule horror here. It's so good. Yeah. To, to give you an idea of exactly
1: when this movie was made and was filmed. Yeah. When... Russo and Romero finished it up and got the print of the movie. They threw it in the trunk in Pittsburgh where, because they made the movie in Pennsylvania. They were like, we're driving all night to New York. We're going to go shop it around. We'll see if anybody else show the movie. Yeah. On that trip, the news broke that Martin Luther King had been assassinated. Yo. So that is, I wow, mean, that yeah. is, that shows you exactly where we were in time right then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very important uh, movie. Dom takes a glance um, out of one of the boarded up windows and mentions that there are about eight or ten of them out there now. Ben concedes that that's more than there were before. And as he goes to point out that there's more in the back, too, Hans comes shooting through a gap between the boards on one of the windows and grabs him. Mm -hmm. Tob runs. Tom runs to help and grabs one of the useless sticks that Barbara collected from (laughs) earlier thanks Barbara that was a big help so see she's not totally useless Tom needed those there so he could repeatedly whack at the wax rendering one of the zombies outside made dick move man it looked just like zombie hands that he was that he broke apart no it was it was like a wax um, rendering
1: rendering of a hand that they like shoved through the crack and he like whacks it with the little stick and the little fingers come off yeah it worked.
0: I mean yeah. for nineteen sixty eight it was pretty cool. <laughs> Penn peers back outside to see the Burning Man Dead Man Festival of the Dam it's fully un- is fully underway. There's a bunch of people. <laughs> a bunch of zombies now. We got Naked Dead, Big Dead, Little Dead, Dead that climb on rocks, or rather dead that nervously hug trees. <laughs> oh no, she's having a bad trip. Where is her MDMA buddy? There's this one woman who is just like Grasping a tree and seems scared. One of the zombies. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I don't know, man. If I was suddenly dead and then suddenly
0: not, I might be a little freaked out. But she's with friends. She's at the zombie. She's at the zombie music festival. There's no music. I know it sucks. It's not. I didn't say it was a good music (laughs) festival
1: just a it's a silent rave i'm silent for that
0: yeah (laughs) ben stares quietly ben quickly starts to look for ways to reinforce the window but cooper loses his shit and demands they go down to the cellar he calls ben crazy that the zombies will soon be there and we get what kind of guy we're dealing with here this man has to this is a man that has to keep his head down the world's unfair vibes are all over him yes ben tells cooper to go downstairs in his damn cellar but ben is hanging on to everything upstairs and that includes the radio and the food Mm -hmm. he says he's fighting for what's in here and harry insists that ben must be insane and demands that they have a right oh do you bro oh god ben's had it and asked tom's Ask Tom, what's up? Like, get the fence post out of your mouth and pick a side. Mm -hmm. Tom haws and hems. Cooper pleads with Ben that he has a kid and she can't handle the noise. Ben's like, sorry you're so dumb. Sucks that your daughter has a dumb dad. And tells him (laughs) that he can be the boss in the cellar and Ben is the boss upstairs. Yes, Ben. Oh, captain, my captain. (laughs) (laughs) Tom pleads that with Cooper's help, they can reinforce the upstairs quicker but Cooper but Coop cuts him off and growling my hat with my help like he's so
1: he's
0: (sighs) Ben tells Tom that Harry's made up his mind and just man just let the man go just let him go but Tom asks Cooper to wait instead of going with Cooper downstairs which I totally expected him to do Tom brings Judy up played by Judith Ridley It's like a little awe moment, like little Tommy took stand. Yeah, and he said, bring the wifey or the girlfriend up. Like, Yeah. Later, Tom talks through the door and tries to convince Mrs. Cooper to come upstairs. Ben tries to talk to Barbara, but she's switched to the off position currently. Yep, still. In the cellar, Cooper finishes nailing up the boards, closing them into the cellar. He mentions they are secured down there now. And Helen Cooper, played by Marilyn Eastman, inquires about Tom and Judy. Cooper says that they could stay up there. He spits out the words. You get the idea that this man feels emasculated in some way, and he's holding on to his man of the house authority by some kind of invisible thread. I don't know if this was
1: just like par for the course in the '60s. I think. I so. mean, I think we saw it a lot in movies. I call but it like,
0: like I call it like Willy Loman syndrome. It's like yeah. the it's like Death of a Salesman. Like it's the, the world is against a, him. The world, right? Yeah,
1: I'm so persecuted all the time. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like we hear that nowadays. Something
0: about like white men and men's rights is nothing. Um, (laughs) He mentions that there were two other people up there, a man and a woman referring to Ben and Barbara. Helen looks over a girl, girl about nine or ten, lying unconscious on a table. She tells Harry that they could hear the screaming. Harry loudly and angrily lights a cigarette and says, let him stay up there. He says, we'll see who's right. Helen then asks if it's important for him to be right, but then changes the subject because marital tension? Because I have a feeling that
1: she's seen him, all he needs in life is to be vindicated. Yeah. And Cooper loves, all he does is likes to throw shit and point angrily because every time he lights a (laughs) cigarette with a match, he flings that fucking match on the floor and he points angrily and he, I'm like, dude, you want Barbara to calm down. Well, Cooper needs to calm his ass down. Incensed, constantly. <laughs> constantly. I incensed. mean, fear. I get it. I'd be mm. freaked out too. But like, cal-
0: this is not. It's not down. reading as fear as much as it's reading as incensed. Um, Helen gets furious when she realizes that Harry boarded them up in a room where there's a when there's a radio upstairs. What did it say? She demands. Harry backpedals and says they know nothing yet. Helen demands that he take the boards off the door. That the radio is the only contact with what's going on out there. Helen mentions their marital problems. ah, Yep. (laughs) Called it. She insists that dying together is no way to go. I agree. I I barely like you. I'm not dying with you. Or for you or near you or around you. (laughs) Yeah. Tom calls through the boarded door um, to let the Coopers know that they found a TV upstairs. Helen decides to go upstairs and Harry reluctantly opens the cellar door. Judy offers to take care of the little girl so Helen can go upstairs and they don't have to move Karen. Who is Karen the is a little girl. Yeah. Helen and Harry walk carefully into the living room and Helen glances at Barbara, who is lying on the couch. Tom tells Helen that Barbara's brother was killed. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Barbara. Her brother's dead. <laughs> Cool. Helen tries to reassure. Disgust. Yeah, Helen tries to reassure Barbara not to be scared and introduces herself. Barbara just can't.
1: No, she's Helen, a rock.
0: Helen lights a cigarette and Barbara looks incensed. As soon as she lights that match, like Barbara is horrified. I know. I'm like,
1: I mean, <laughs> she like shoots a look at her
0: like, like daggers. <laughs> I'm
1: like, what the hell? You haven't been pissed off with anybody else smoking. Like, what's your fucking problem? I don't know.
0: Harry does his pipsqueak thing and runs around huffing about the million weak spots up there. Not that, not any that he's willing to fix. They pay someone to do that. Fucking side eye. <laughs> Harry rips a cigarette from Helen's pack. And when Helen's mentioned that Barbara's brother was killed, Harry complains that the windows aren't windowy enough. He's like, I can't see anything out of him anyway. Oh, my
1: God, dude.
0: Helen snarls at Harry. Why doesn't he do something to help somebody? Ben and Tom bring in the TV, and Ben suggests that they bring the chairs together so they can all watch. Harry tells Bar- Harry yells at Barbara to pay attention. What the fuck? Leave Dang. her alone. He throws his hands up, insisting that he doesn't want to be responsible for anyone's life got it, bro. You're human garbage. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. Helen tries to ask if she can do anything, but Ben cuts her off telling Cooper he doesn't want to hear from him anymore. She's like, is there anything I can do to help? And Ben's like, fuck you, Cooper. Shut the fuck up. Oh my God. And I'm kind of Helen in the situation. I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable. And I well, especially don't. I'm when not you,
1: with him. Especially Right. Especially when you know that your partner is being the dick in this yeah. situation and no. you're like, it's like you want to look at the other person and be like, I don't claim
0: them. Like, this is, this is, I'm so
1: sorry. Right.
0: Ben continues that if he stays upstairs, he's going to take orders from Ben. And that includes leaving the girl alone. Tom announces that the TV is on and they adjust the rabbit ears until they get a signal. Harry immediately yells at the TV. Ben tells Harry to shut up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying I, would have to acc- I would have accidentally shot uh, Cooper already so many times. Well, I'm like, just
1: saying, Ben had no problem slapping Barbara in the face. Where's that action with <laughs> Cooper? How about like- a nice cold
0: slap? <laughs> yeah. The TV confirms this is not all a result of mass hysteria. Persons that have recently died are returning to life. Unburied dead. Newly dead people eating people. That's mm. the basic gist. Mm. The newscaster, played by Charles Craig, continues that initially they were advised to sh- Shelter in place, but that there's a new course of action. He mentions that there are rescue stations from the National Guard all around the country, and that the broadcasting in the local in local areas will provide a list of places in the area.
1: This guy was actually a newscaster on a local Pittsburgh station that they got to do.
0: Oh my God! Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. He. I think they said, and I'd have to. I'd have to um, look it up again to confirm, but I think I read that he was like. Um, he kind of like hosted like little horror movie show. Like oh, you cute. know how like back in the day they had yeah. it was almost like public accesses now? Like feature features. Yeah, like yeah. Saturday night or whatever it mm-hmm. was. Um But Russo and Romero, before they got their start in feature film, they used to do like industrial film, like safety type oh my film. God. That's like what I would love
0: to see any of those. Yes. And
1: so a lot of the people that are in the movie. Like, um, I think the guy that played the shambling man he was actually credited as a producer because he gave yeah. them like 300 bucks to make this movie. Oh my god, um, that's so cool! But it, it's all people they kind of knew
0: from their oh time god. as like industrial filmmakers. This, um, I unironically, just as a little aside, I unironically like industrial. No, me too. That's why I get so excited
1: whenever we see like Riff, riff tracks. tracks put out like a new like 1940s, 50s, and oh 60s like it's, educational video. Oh, oh my God. Especially I love
0: it. if it's about grooming or cleanliness or like <laughs> dating, social anything. Social anything. Oh, it's the
1: best. Yeah. But anyway, so, th- and I, let me say this right now <sighs> Night of the Living Dead is a super duper classic we are not even going to scratch the surface of all of the research, oh, all of the notes, all oh, God, of the no. trivia. No, So please understand if you're coming to this episode with an idea that you're going to get the biggest in-depth deep dive on this movie <laughs> no. possible, I'm so sorry to say you're in the wrong place. No. We are doing this basically from a spot of what we feel about
0: the movie. No, I know I should have said two, this earlier, but we're, yeah, we're two 40-year-old something, 40-something-year-old goofballs, so you just want to goofball about movies. Yes. And that's what this is. But
1: please, this is a fascinating movie. This is an absolute high point for Classic. the genre. Yeah. It is is a jumping off point for yeah. future zombie movies. Go read
0: about it. it. Yes. The newscaster says to find your way through to your location as soon as possible. Ben mentions that they have the truck if they can just get some gas and they uh, they can get out of there. Tom mentions there's a pump out by the shed and Ben tells him he knows he just needs to get it unlocked. The newscaster continues that Leaders convening between members of cabinet, joint chiefs of staff, the president, the FBI and the CIA. Oh, is that all? (laughs) Are holding a meeting at the White House. And it has not and they've not produced any information. It also says, why are there space experts being consulted about Earthbound problems? Yeah, they they mentioned that NASA is yeah.
1: involved like yeah what in the hell this is a part
0: i did not remember yeah it says recent explorer satellite shot to venus was coming back down to earth but never got there because the nasa space scientists destroyed it when they discovered it was carrying a mysterious mysteriously high levels of radiation
1: i did not remember this part of the movie at all yeah. that there was like a potential space level or of involvement. radiation yeah no or, yeah. i
0: forgot all of that good god then he reveals that he doesn't actually know if that caused the shit he just is like he just poses it by speculating wildly so he we are actually right on track with where uh we started with the zombie origin theory like we don't so we still don't know yeah we still don't know so i'm so glad like we wasted time to listen to all of that ben turns to bob and tells him that 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 they've gotten all that they need to know and the best they can do the best bet is to get out of there Tom and Harry are still glued to the TV where a reporter and company run after two of the scientists coming from the White House meeting. One of the doctors seemed to be a little chattier than the other doctor, who is reticent to get into the level of radiation and whether or not it has caused what seems to be happening now. Ben suggests that they really need to get out of there now. He reflects action over scared inaction. I'm sad to admit I'm scared. I'm scared in action. Mm. I know that about myself, but I really can't say how I'd react in a people eating people situation, but I'm pretty sure I'd fall into line with Ben. I'd probably want to do whatever I could to help Ben out. Cause he seems to know what he's doing. Even I if he feel like I would be somewhere between Ben and Barbara
1: <laughs> somewhere, in the, and definitely would not be Cooper. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. You have an idea. Sounds good
0: to me. How can I assist? Does this apocalypse require uh, require plastic yarn made from grocery bags cuz oh. if so, I can maybe do that. I could paint you a picture. I, I could I could. <laughs> I can crochet.
1: Do I can, we have time to crochet? I could write a contract for the zombies to quit. That's about
0: all I could do. <laughs> oh no. Helen suggests heading to the rescue station for her daughter Karen. Um, and that they might be able to find finally get some medical supplies. Tom talks about how him and Judy got there and that they knew about the house and found the old dead lady upstairs. On the news, a medical professional advises that anyone who has sustained any type of injury should seek immediate medical attention. Aha, uh-huh, see? Mm-hmm. How bad has your kid been hurt? Ben asks. He sends Helen down to check on the kid on the news the caster is now talking about holy shit reanimated elephants
1: <laughs> i missed that this rewatch i didn't you didn't even, hear that no i missed that. yeah he's
0: talking about how like just elephant elephants randomly started coming back to life and like lifting their trunks and shit well and that's-, that's
1: the fucking movie i want to see where's that movie <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that is Night also, of the Living Jumbo is something yeah. I, did, I did not know Honestly, I needed to you watch. watch the movie just listening to the newscasting, the radio stuff, oh, it's pretty great. some good gems in there. Um, Ellen re-enters the cellar to switch with Judy. Karen Cooper, played by Kira Schoen, says she hurts. Meanwhile, the newscast says burn the bodies. Bodies must be burned immediately so dead people won't come back. Ben instructs Judy to go find some bed sheets to tear into strips. He tells Tom they'll need jars or bottles to make Molotov cocktails. A few moments later, Tom returns with some glass jars and a key to the gas pump. Woo! The gas the gas key has been added to Tom's inventory. <laughs> ben mentions, in one moment of hesitation. That he's not familiar with the truck and Tom says he'll drive the truck. It's an interesting moment because Ben is usually so like self-assured this whole movie and he's like, I'm not really sure about the truck.
1: But you know what, though? To me, that shows a sign of a good leader who's like, you know what? I need someone else to take the lead on this because I can't. And so to me, that's the difference between Cooper and Ben because Cooper would be like, I can drive the truck even if he couldn't. Whereas Ben will be like, I need someone to handle this. This is what needs to be done and was perfectly willing to hand over that responsibility.
0: So let's go watch Tom handle this. So Ben gives the plan as the TV continues to play in the background. Tom and Pen will get into the truck and pull uh, pull it as close as possible to the door. Harry will be tasked with throwing Molotov cocktails from the window um, from the second floor as a diversion. Mm-hmm. Tom and Judy have a disjointed conversation as he tries to get her up and move. Judy wants to call her parents She's not sure about things. She doesn't seem to have a clear understanding of reality.
1: Honest, Usually
0: she's just a little spaced. This this scene, though, I mean, though
1: it's kind of a romance scene <laughs> in special. the middle of a horror movie. They are really adorably sweet because mm-hmm. he's like, you always have a smile for me. And as she kind of hugs him for reassurance, he's like, give me a smile. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of a sweet little moment. You know, which I don't know. I feel like movies from the 60s all needed that like sweet moment. Yeah. Which,
0: so I shouldn't say that Tom reminds Judy how dumb she was the last time that they had to flee and they had to like go back to get her because of the big flood. <laughs> I didn't say she was smart. I said they're sweet. <laughs> Judy hugs him and says she just doesn't want him to go out there. That's all. They kiss. The flute solo is lovely. The next scene, Ben tries to get Barbara moving. Ben tells Barbara that they can leave. Barbara's all, oh, I'd like to leave. She's yes. a talking
1: fucking rock at this point. It's like, you, <laughs> ma'am, I'm so sorry. Your furniture. Could you just please just
0: just don't. Stand, stand up. stand, Pick her up. Take her out. Ben and Tom quickly begin to remove boards uh, from the door that they're exiting. Tom stops to stare at Judy for too long. Ben has his torch table leg again and tells Harry to get ready to open the window and to launch Molotov cocktails. Ben gives the signal. Cooper flings the Molotov cocktails down below to achieve a big lawn fire and the ghouls are not happy with the pyrotechnics. I don't know. I fucking quit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the most useful Cooper's been through the whole movie, by the way. I'm like, he's actually listening to Ben and doing something useful. (laughs) You go.
0: Like, way to be. Yeah. The dead say, Grah. Tom and Ben make a run for it. Judy panic runs outside. Ben ushers her in the car and holds off the zombies with his trusty table leg torch. Harry struggles to see the chaos outside and sh- and the shot switches to the trio backing away in the truck with one of the ghouls holding on and being dragged behind. He's like, oh, don't leave me. <laughs> they make it over to the gas pump. Ben sets down the torch in the grass to keep the flame pointed towards the zombies okay, gaining on them. Dude, but you're near a gas pump. So please do not put
1: open flames on the ground near a gas pump. I'm sure it'll be fine, though. I'm sure it'll be
0: fine. Nothing bad is going to happen at all. Nope. Tom can't get the keys to the work, so Ben does that, which means Tom sprays the goddamn gas all over the place (laughs) before Ben can say, watch out for the torch. And then it goes up. The gas is alight from the grass where the torch was all the way to the tire where Ben sprayed it. Oh, my God. And now the car's on fire. Oh, my God, Tom. You had one job. Ben casually goes over to put out, put out the small flame, which Tom might have helped with, and it would have been fine. But he panics, jumps in the car, yells, we got to get away from the pump, and decides to drive more oxygen right up into the truck fire that is now creeping all the way up to the bed of the truck and the back of the windshield. Dude. Baller move. Just a baller move it was fine it wasn't that bad it was like a line of gasoline and he was like starting to stomp it out no i know i and saw it. had him. both of them work to just like stomp it out it would have been okay see
1: i blame all this on judy because if she had not gotten into the truck tom wouldn't
0: have been so desperate
1: to protect her little dum dumb butt I
0: and then I, tom jumps out of the car once they get close to the house again and tells judy that they gotta get out of there well, yeah, dude, now that you incinerated your only ride, we do. <laughs> Judy gets trapped in the car and whispers, whispers that her jacket's caught and blows up to death.
1: <laughs> RIP, cute couple. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Ben sees the explosion and his face is fear, sorrow, and defeat. Cooper watches from the window and appears to draw some conclusions that he's probably going to loudly declare later. Ben fights off the walkers and makes this his way back to the house. But Cooper won't let Ben in and turns to go to back to the cellar. Ben screams for Cooper to let him in. Harry just ducks behind the doorway and Ben badass one-foot door kicks the fucking thing open. Mm-hmm. It is oh, it's iconic. Ben and Cooper rush to bar the door shut. Then when that's settled, Ben beats the ever-loving crap out of Cooper <laughs> because he was going to let him die out there and
1: fuck this guy and he doesn't just punch him in the face once like he kind of wails on him yeah. and I, for some reason when i when i saw this scene i just remembered the quote from scrubs where kelso tells dr cox he's like it's a certain point you're just beating up an old man So <laughs> i was like okay 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 ben i get it he's a dick he almost let you die but like you're good now Take the breaks bro you might still need his help and maybe a few punches will get him to come around to your way of thinking but
0: like don't kill him Outside the Walker's Eat Judy barbecue.
1: I wrote, <laughs> I wrote Rudy Tootie Roasted Judy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's better. <laughs> no, it's terrible, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> no, I like it. It's better. So, since you have a, um, fascination with stage food Yes, did, did you look up what they were eating I don't know I was doing the script so I didn't look up anything like that they were eating ham covered in chocolate sauce oh, to God. get the kind of meat look and the blood look and uh, Romero said that you know at a certain point they didn't have to quite put as much makeup on the zombies as they thought they would have to because they were all green from eating oh, this I nasty bet. shit
0: Oh, babe. poor baby angels Ben thinks that's pretty gross and, like, holds his stomach and walks away from the window. But it's Burning Man. Okay, I'm done. I'm not gonna. Helen says that there's (laughs) supposed to be another broadcast at three in ten minutes. Barbara says, oh, only ten minutes? Well, we can leave then. We better get going. It's ten minutes to three. She's... Thank you,
1: Captain Stopwatch. Like, she's just... God, she's, just, yeah, she's useless. She is useless.
0: Ben looks, Ben loads his gun and thinks about shooting Barbara, or at least <laughs> I am. They talk about where they can go to get a car. Helen says that they were just trying to get to a motel before dark when Ben asks her if the car that she'd been driving, that the ghouls turned over is still able to drive or if she remembers how to get to it. Helen says she thinks it was pretty far away. Seems like they ran Cooper chimes in that it's at least a mile and forget it. Ben asks what happens what happened to the kid. Harry says that a zombie attacked her and bit her on the arm. Mm-mm. Uh okay, Ben, I'm gonna need that shotgun two seconds and I'll be right back.
1: Don't worry about anything you hear from the seller. It's just, I'm I'm gonna just gonna, target practicing I'm gonna go test the ammunition on right small in, child. Right into
0: Karen's head. Ben suggests that zombies might carry disease. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep. Cooper looks out the window to see a zombie eating barbecue chicken, which I know now i chocolate covered ham. <laughs> and Harry says, good Lord on the news bulletin at three. The reporter says that there is a mobilized search and destroy operation on the ghouls, that a posse of boys with shotguns and trucks and led by one chief McClelland played by George Kasana, uh, That gives hardcore Commissioner Bull Connor energy. He's (laughs) fantastic, though. He's fantastic. But, like, given what was going on at the time, and, like, there's some fucking parallels with him and Bull Connor. And it's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. okay. No, I get. But I'm just saying in this role, because I'm trying to focus on the
1: role. (laughs) He is. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't find enough about him enough out about him in time for the podcast but he seems like he's improving. like he's he's such it a,
0: sounds so natural
1: he's that's what i'm saying it doesn't sound like acting it sounds no. like they were like i don't know um here's the gist and go and yeah. he
0: he did great like, i believed him as 100%. a hundred percent as the chief of uh police yeah yeah if, yeah. if,
1: if they would have yanked him right out of a
0: precinct i'd have been like yep yeah, that sounds that right tracks Right now, what we see is a bunch of white dudes carrying shotguns with police. McClellan says that they were able to handle small groups of the walkers or ghouls pretty easily and blast them all down. When the reporter asks what to do if someone runs into one of these things, McClellan, man, he says, shoot him in the head, beat him or burn him. They go up pretty pretty easy. And when asked if they're slow moving, Chief says, yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. (laughs)
1: that's what i'm saying it seems like they were like i don't know man here's the gist and he's like uh they're all messed up like he didn't know what else to say it
0: just it works so well in this movie though it's so great just after this interview the lights go out ben asks if there's a fuse box in the cellar harry uh says he thinks so and when ben is out of earshot harry tells helen that he's got to get that gun of course he's got to get the gun Slowly but surely, the ghouls armed with rocks and sticks on Judy, and Judy's femur, I'm assuming, <laughs> beat down the walls of the house and eventually break through one of the boards on one of the windows. Ben holds it back in place with a shotgun in hand and yells for Harry to help. Helen stands by the door and kind of Vanna White touches the wood board. She's helping.
1: <laughs> She's just like, there's a let to see move. about a pinky finger's amount of pressure <laughs> on this board against a horde of zombies. Oh, we're safe, <laughs> right?
0: Ben finally drops the gun and holds the board in place. Harry quickly grabs the gun and yells for Helen to get downstairs. Ben and Harry wrestle for the gun, and Ben gets the gun back and shoots Harry. And no one blames it at all. Blames him at all because fuck you, Harry. Mm-hmm. Ben leaves Helen to fend for herself and runs out of the room. Harry Falsh stumbles down the cellar stairs holding his gut. He makes it to, he just makes it to his daughter and dies. So bye Harry. And it looks like also bye bye Helen. But wait, could it be? Barbara finally jumps into action and gets Helen away from them. For some reason, Helen couldn't take the five steps forward by herself. The woman in this the woman in this fucking movie, I swear. Oh my god, I know. She's like, help, I'm trapped against the door. Nobody's grabbing me or anything, but I'm trapped here. And like, then just- suddenly the pet rock gets a pulse and jumps into action. Yeah. Helen goes down to check on Karen, who is eating her dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! The mom's the mom says, poor baby. Karen stabs mom with a spade. It lasts what? way too long.
1: Well, and I'm so sorry, but the zombies have been using tools, but this is the first time we see them using weapons. weapons. Yeah. Like, the very first one we see is like, I'm gonna grab you and claw yeah. at you. And little baby Karen's like, mm, I think I'll trowel mom to death. Like, it's just kind of out of fucking nowhere. It's effective. That's great.
0: There's also like this echoey screaming that is so God. out of place and weird. And I absolutely love it. But it is like reminiscent of 60s horror. It's exactly
1: it. It was yeah. like this Bernard Herman echoey, like synthesized sound. Yeah
0: um barbara shouts know what the zombies and get out oh shit my bad is this your house Oh dip i'll go like i love when scared when scared people shout at the attacking thing to get out or to stop right where they're like leave me alone don't do that like the thing's just gonna be like oh my god you are so right you know where I, are my manners i never thought of that goodbye <laughs> Johnny is one of the zombies. Barbara sees her brother, screams, and lets zombie Johnny pull her up through the window to her death. Oh, my gosh. This scene, That's it. if you... <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't fight him. She's just like, oh, yeah, I'll go with you.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, she is... I would be overwhelmed if I saw, like, dead sibling. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. But this scene is so reminiscent of the one from... Um, Shaun of the Dead where they pull what's his face out through the window
0: and I'm like that scene in that movie had to have been inspired by this. I would think so, for sure. Ben narrowly escapes the brood of zombies and when zombie Karen tries to go for his hand, Ben throws her to the floor. (laughs) 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 Well, 10 year old. You fling that girl. He escapes uh, to the cellar. The zombies fill up the house. Ben bars the cellar door and tries to uh, hold them out. Down in the cellar, Harry returns from the dead and Ben now has to waste his ammunition and kill him twice. That's
1: <laughs> a bitch when you gotta kill somebody you hate two times. I know,
0: take, 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 Harry, even in death. <laughs> Just as Ben breathes a sigh after he shoots Harry again, Helen comes back. This time Ben doesn't hesitate and head, and headshot. He hunkers in as the, ghoul, as the ghouls tap shoot all around the house upstairs. It is like... The loudest foley artisting I think I've ever heard. It's like cloggers like walking through the house. In the next scene, morning comes. There's a helicopter overhead. We see a posse of dudes walk with their guns to meet the helicopter. McClelland reports that him and his guys have a pretty good handle on it. The chief of police says he wants to check out the house. Everything appears to be under control. German Shepherd like cadaver dogs are seeing le- being led to the house. And again, I'm getting Commissioner Bull Connor vibes. The men shoot outside, and Ben hears them. The men sweep the surrounding area areas, shooting ghoulies. And at about this time, you start to see Ben very like carefully and cautiously like open the boards of the door, mm-hmm. go into the house. Because as he's the guys, hearing
1: gunshots from
0: outside, right, so he th- he thinks like I mean, as you would normally, that okay, the rescue is here, but mm-hmm. he still is careful. He's still cautious. <laughs> sure. So he's kind of like back. He's backed away from windows and he's trying to kind of see what was what's going on. He's moving slowly to make sure that there's nobody in the house, especially the fucking dead coming to get him. The chief tells the guy to build a bonfire. Ben looks through the window to see if he's safe. And the chief instructs one of the officers to hit him right between the eyes. His Mm -hmm. voice is so matter of fact as he says, "Okay, he's dead. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. (sighs) Credits begin to run over the eerie sound of the chief giving orders and still photos of Ben's dead body. The fucking end. Sort of. We get these eerie shots of men moving Bed's body with meat hooks. Mm. The sounds of helicopters overhead. Dogs barking in the background. Our hero gets no escape. The movie, woof. Over. That's it. Bleak, bleak, bleak Bleak. ending. So, my sister, what did you think of Night of Living Dead? I... It's hard to say I enjoy
1: this movie. <laughs> I don't a, dislike it. I, I, I don't dislike it. Um. It is so clear after watching other zombie entertainment, you know, yeah. movies, TV, whatever. It is so clear that this is the foundation of any kind yeah. of like undead horror. Right. Um, You know one sad thing that one the maybe the saddest thing to me i think about this movie when they were they had quite a few names for night of the living dead before that's what they settled on mm-hmm. um They were Night of Anubis was one because Anubis was the god of mummification in Egyptian religion. They were like, well, people aren't really going to know what that is. Yeah. Then they kind of settled on Night of the Flesh Eaters, which is you hear them mention flesh eaters a couple times on like the newscasts in the movie or whatever. They had decided on it. They had gotten the title cards ready. It was all good to go. They found out that there was another movie just called Flesh Eaters. Uh, You know, I I don't know when it had been released or anything, but they're like, okay, we're going to have to change the name again. We'll change it to Night of the Living Dead. So they had to redo the title cards. Yeah. Unfortunately, at the time, the law was that If you wanted to copyright claim a movie, you had to put the copyright claim on your title card. When they changed the title from Night of the Flesh Eaters, which contained the copyright claim, and changed it to Night of the Living Dead, they left that off. This movie is in public domain now because the movie did not have a copyright claim at the time, and so it was just assumed to be in the public domain. That Uh, no longer applies. That's rough Um, stuff. So that is why you can find this movie everywhere anywhere anywhere, on youtube on tubi on every streaming service that exists pretty much yeah um and it's so sad to me that this masterpiece of romero's his directorial debut of a feature film he did his estate i mean like he didn't see anything from it because of the you know because it's in public domain um luckily Luckily, he he went went on to make yeah
0: tons of other cool shit oh yes
1: absolutely became an absolute just master of the genre especially in you know zombies and there are movies
0: that i will have to go see of his that i haven't even seen yet like absolutely day of of the dead there's day of the dead there's dawn of the dead um i don't think i've ever seen the original dawn of the dead i've seen the remake yeah so that's one that i'd like to go watch yeah Um, um so again
1: to say I love this movie as a piece of entertainment, it's like I super enjoy it. Hard it's hard for me to say that. But I respect the absolute hell out of this movie for yeah. what it did for the genre. Mm-hmm. I love George Romero. Yeah. Um, I could sit here and spout more trivia about this movie all day. There's so much to get I know, into. There's a lot out and there. to me, because if you look at a movie and you see how much trivia you know, exists around it and how many deep dives have done on it. That kind of speaks to either how absolutely fantastic it is or absolutely horrible yeah. it is because nobody really deep dives a movie. That's like, eh, that was pretty good. Yeah. It's either like, holy shit, this is the pinnacle of entertainment yeah, or, oh my God, dear Lord, how did this get made? Yeah. Um. So good movie entertained by it again watching it this time. I saw, you know, where there were obvious homages paid to this movie in other horror movies that yes. I enjoy and other, you know, pieces of entertainment I enjoy, but it, it's a good time. I'll definitely watch it again. Yeah. You know, it's not one that I'm going to like watch a bunch, but I'm definitely going to watch Every it again. Easter.
0: <laughs> Every Easter. Every <laughs> Easter. What about you? Um. Well, yeah, I honestly have to say that like this movie did, did change me when I first saw it because I really wasn't, I really hadn't looked into much black and white horror. I know mm-hmm. that sounds like, okay, that's not a genre, but like. Yeah, if things it was before black, a certain time. Right, things that were black and white. I was like, man, I don't know. But like, I remember around that time in college, I watched this. I watched Freaks for the first time. Mm-hmm. There are others that are black and white movies that are like, really? um Really classic up there, like this is the gold standard for this type of movie. And I fell in love with this one. I fell in love with it because there's some goofy moments. Barbara, (laughs) you absolutely just want to like, you want to just throw her out of the house many times. I'll up right behind Ben to slap her in the face. I mean. Um, But then there's fantastic moments because Ben is just such a strong hero. It's gut wrenching because of the end, because Ben never gets his never gets his like rescue. Mm, He gets murdered before he ever gets a chance to just be like, all right, cool, I'm safe. mm -hmm. And that is just I mean, you're gutted at the end. Absolutely. But. It was so effective. I remember the first time I saw... I mean, I, I sat there jaw drop at the end of this movie the first time I saw it because I was like, holy shocking they, shit. They I killed the not, hero. Yeah. I did not see that fucking coming. hmm So, um... That said, how many days do you think you'll rent
1: this for? I mean, technically, I guess I don't have to rent it since it's in the public domain, but... Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> um... No, seriously, I think on, like I said, as a piece of entertainment, my score is a little lower, but this earns so many extra points for being what it is, for being the example of zombie cinema, you know, that is, like you said, it's the gold standard. Um, So I think for me, I would rent this one for about eight and a half days. Oh, it's, oh, we're getting a half decimal here now. No, I've done halves half, that's before. That's right, you have. That's I've done true. halves before. You have done halves, um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, i I can't give it a seven. I can't give it even an eight. I almost want to give it a nine. I'm not quite there, but like, it's just too classic. Yeah plus you know like i said we watched it on easter sunday and i'll always yeah i'll always have that hilarious memory sure. so
0: there's nostalgia around it a little um, bit um this is a 10 out of 10 for me nice absolutely i mean this is definitely one that i'm like nope it's an important movie it's a big movie mm-hmm. it's a classic movie george it is a labor of love you can oh, tell God, that Gerard, he, poured, he poured his heart into it i love that the makeup was done by two of the actors that worked on the movie um
1: I have a little note about makeup that I completely forgot. Oh yeah, so, yeah, tell me things. Do you know who who Romero wanted to do makeup on this movie? No. Tom Savini. Of course he did. Tom Savini unfortunately at the time was in Vietnam as a as a war photographer right. and he you know Savini went on to use a lot of that in his later makeups and of course worked with Romero on many many things yeah. afterwards but yeah I was just like oh
0: Savini couldn't get Savini so we had he got him later Mr. and Mrs. Cooper did the makeup yes and that's they pretty did. fun um so I, I just I think because of all of those things because of the story because of the tales because of the hi- behind the scenes stuff because it was a black and white movie that you completely forget. Com- you completely forget that it's black and white mm-hmm. halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a stage play in movie form. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bottle episode. It's a. There's yep. everything about this movie that I'm like. It ticks this box. It ticks this box. It ticks this box for me, and I really don't have anything negative to say about it because. Even any criticism about like, oh, well, I don't like how Barbara is written. Well, like, I mean, she's kind of the sign of the times, too. Right. right. And and, uh, Romero is definitely holding up a, a societal mirror here. Yeah. And so I can't really be mad at it and I can't really critique it. So... I'm giving it a 10 just for that. I feel like people smarter than me could maybe break it down <laughs> further. Oh but my like, God. I just absolutely love this one. I had fun watching it. I had fun writing it. Yeah. Um. And I wanted it to be something that we could just have fun getting, getting into getting down and dirty into. And I think we did. I think we did. So thanks. Mm-hmm. That wraps it up for this episode. Listeners and lurkers. Thanks for joining us here on the last aisle. What did you think of this week's episode? Let us know on our social media channels, at last style on Facebook and Twitter, and at last style pod on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. We'll be back next week with the new episode. So sit back, cuddle up with your table leg torch, and grab a delicious plate of barbecue Judy and come peruse the section of movies in the last aisle. See you soon.